Wait, um, if point oh one percent of the population would be less than a million people, yeah. Mm, yeah. Okay, because billions would be no, in the hundred. No, I don't do arithmetic in my head. That's I'm not that kind of. Genius. No, I always people do Are that. We recording to me already. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's the that's you need the that math- a little closer. In my okay, that's yep. the mathematician equivalent of oh, you're a comedian. Tell me a joke. Yes. People think you've like yes. never trust a mathematician to right. do your arithmetic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we 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 do everything about math is avoiding as much arithmetic as possible. Right, and also yeah. I was really bad at it as a kid, and it yeah. was, it's kind of a source. You spot. still are. I have psychological problems with arithmetic because my first grade teacher told my mom that I was retarded and I uh it was okay to say that back was, then. Yes, I want to make that this very clear back then. to anyone who is offended. <laughs> that is the word she used. So You were just, told that you were retarded. Well, I wasn't. My mom was told and then she oh. told me. How is it possible someone that's as smart as you gets told? Oh, come on. You've seen, you see the things I'm not good at. But... I, I hate that story because... <laughs> You're a very, you're brilliant. You're a very smart, smart man. That's verifiable. You have a lot, but there's so many people who are like, "Well, my teachers called me retarded, but maybe I was just like, no, maybe you're just not that smart." <laughs> For every like, you're one in ten thousand kids yeah. who's yeah. diagnosed dumb, but actually is a, a genius. I mean, yes, people are so under, people are underestimated, but it, yeah. it actually turned out to work out okay because my mom was so mad and disagreed so strongly that she took me to a psychologist to get an IQ test, and then she brought it back to her. And it like was shoved in her face. Yeah, like, <laughs> like he's smarter than anyone. Anyway. Same right. thing and happened so, to me. Yeah. Um, I was deemed like horrible attention deficit disorder. Teacher thought I was just like this uh, really obnoxious student. My mom took me to get a, a thing and I had very, I did well on just the analytical, just the math portion. But. And since you said me, that's the magical cue. Talking to people about dark matter and neutrinos can be funny. Surely you're joking. Hopefully, yes. What a wonderful universe. Welcome to Shirley You're Joking. I'm your host, Kevin Hickerson. <laughs> Kevin Peter. I messed <laughs> up my own name. name. I can't even say my own name. Oh, he's so I'm drunk. Kevin Peter Hickerson. <laughs> I've got Chris Pippen <laughs> here. And today our guest is a great guy. I've been friends with him for many years now. Uh, and his career is blowing up like crazy. Blowing up. Blowing up. He's uh, does this cartoon called Monday Punday. He's been on Roast Battle, and you totally got robbed. Uh, <laughs> we'll get <laughs> into you. that later. And now you have your special out at Com- on Comedy Central. Yep, and, album which I have not been able to watch because I don't have Comedy Central. We'll get into that later. Anyway, please welcome Matthew Broussard. Woo! Thank you very much. This is the voice of Matthew Broussard. Because when you hear listen to podcasts, you can't always tell voices apart. Right, because us white dudes. <laughs> uh, uh, album's out too. I have an oh, uh, album really? released an album. Oh, with, sweet. With, uh, it's called Pedantic. Uh-huh. Um, at some point, you just going to be like, oh, and I own Comedy Central now. <laughs> like, you, just, you have all these. I'm Rupert Murdoch. Um, I, what's funny is this week I'm doing a bunch of, this was just, uh, you texted me two days ago to do this. I've done it before. Um, oh, that's right. You're a returning guest. I'm yes, a returning guest. Yeah. Yes. I wasn't a guest the last time. I was a co-host, co-host last time. Co-host, right. Yeah. Because there when was I someone was smart and more interesting. Yeah. Um, but I'm actually doing a bunch of podcasts and interviews in like uh, serious radio to promote stuff this week. This one is not that, mm-hmm. but this is the one I just wanted to do. So it's yeah. a fun one. So for people listening who haven't seen Matt Broussard, 
He's the kind of person you don't want. He looks exactly like the last person you'd want to have all the success. Because he yes, just that's right. I mean, and you say this in your Especially stand-up. In comedy. Yeah. You don't want someone like me to tell you jokes. I get that. You're like uh, you say this in your your opening I'm, line in your special. Yeah, you say this. I in look your like special. a douchebag. Yeah. yeah, you look like a douchebag. You look like the embodiment of white privilege. Like yes. if, it, if white privilege could like accumulate into physical form, it would look like Matt. And we're all very jealous. Um, Thank you. But, it means a uh, lot to me. No, I'm actually really glad that you're doing so well. I do think you did great on the roast battle, and you lost, I think, to the eventual winner. Yes, right, which was on the first both round. Years, I did it, yeah. Which you know the Cubs know all about that for yep. for decades. Oh, topical. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Roasting's not my thing. I was happy to be involved. I was happy I didn't bomb. I was happy I didn't make an ass of myself. That was all I really wanted That's to do. That's all you can do, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I would have. I would have slip. It was weird because also seemed to be. I probably shouldn't hazard. say this, but if you lose, you get sent home. So I really wanted to really? win. Just to, I was there. I brought my girlfriend to Montreal. Oh. We we're going to join the festival. <laughs> and I really just wanted to win so I could just stay there longer. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I That's ended brutal. up saying, they, yeah, they, they, they said they sent you home the next so day. They, said they let you stay another night. Yeah. And uh. it was a nice hotel. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. Yeah, but really, that's talk about motivation. Of like, yeah. <laughs> the whole reason, the whole reason I brought up when you when you said, and that happened to me, and we were talking. The whole reason I wanted to do your intro is because uh, you're also an applied mathematician. Yes, and that's the whole. That's why we have which from is going to come up. Yeah. the whole podcast. Yes, uh, yeah. I I spend I don't spend much time with. Here's the thing. I I was a, I had an undergraduate degree in applied mathematics. I, I studied a little bit of mechanical engineering. I'm not. Uh, an academic. I'm not a scientist. I'm not an expert by any means, but the stuff still interests me, and I and and I don't get to be around many people in that community. So when you and I are together, we tend to nerd out. So Griff, yep. you can leave now. Uh, <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna go no, in no, the corner and play Pokemon Go. He's so, like a translator. Yeah, he translates. Exactly. <laughs> he like jumps up. And is like, what the hell did you just say? And explain it to the listeners. Not yeah, because there's some people that don't know implying. about quantum entanglement. Not, not everybody <laughs> knows about. I that. definitely don't want to insult the audience and make everyone think I'm saying the that they're dumb. Fans, we have the best fans ever, true, by the way. Sure. Is this a good... Okay, I've been thinking about this a lot, and this is just like anecdotal. So there's a guy standing in a room, and uh, there's two doors that, that each have a hallway, a narrow hallway, that lead to another room. So you can, you, so basically, to get from one room to the other, you have to take one of two hallways. There's two doors. In each hallway, they're very narrow. There's vases lining the hallway, so you can't walk down the hallway without knocking over all of the vases. Mm-hmm. Um if you put a camera in the hallway, he will choose one hallway, walk through, knock over all the vases, end up in the other room. If you don't put a camera in there, he goes from one room to the next, knocking over half the vases in each hallway, <laughs> right? We don't know which one he went through, right? He basically went through both at the same time and had half the effect on each. Mm-hmm. Same if you had three hallways, he would knock over a third in each. Is this a good Schrodinger's cat example? Uh, it's a what, what what's kind flawed? of yeah okay it's it's not because that's how probability fields work that it's yeah it's less about having a camera though and less more about, I know the cameras this shitty it's spot, more right. about um if you observe who what hallway you walked out of oh that's fair yeah so it's not I, I, what yeah. so the the mysterious part happens when you don't know what happened in between the two hallways uh-huh. and you make a measurement before and you make a measurement afterwards okay. so you check in on yeah. him so a, if you side. do check a hallway if you watch him yeah if you know that they that uh. You went through one of the like. Let's say you lock one of the hallway doors. Mm-hmm. You get a different answer than if you left them both open. Even yes. though you never know what happened in between, you can't make that measurement because if you do that, then you measure them at the hallway and destroy the whole experiment. Mm-hmm. So this is the famous double slit experiment. Yes. And so it it uh, it's a really good way to illustrate um, 
the wave particle duality of particles. And what's really amazing is this happens with uh, really big particles uh, now. They've been able to do this kind of experiment with Protons. things up to or, or not. neutrons do it. Neutrons. Definitely. And that's what I work with is neutrons. We slow them down enough and you can do that same particle experiment with a neutron. And it still holds. But even bigger. Like now they're even doing it like with tuning forks that are like etched out of uh, a silicon. Like these tiny little nano, nano like, things. Yeah. And they ha they also display these kinds of properties, which is just really bizarre. It's and, fucking uh, crazy. I mean, it's... And we, it, the, biggest, the biggest that's happened yet is uh, in LIGO, which discovered gravitational waves. We talked about on the show yes. a lot, like uh, Kip Thorne's thing. And that really just measured... Distances. It just had two very, very sensitive measurements of distance in, it, in different locations. Yep. And it noticed that the contraction expansion of that space right. was consistent across, which could only be the results of gravitational waves coming from the center of a galaxy. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, well, in this case, no, it wasn't our center of a galaxy. In this oh. case, the most recent were found many, many galaxies away. Uh, we will eventually, it's not sensitive enough to find ones in our galaxy because those are more, more likely to be smaller and not very frequent. So these are so these are gigantic these were, perturbances. Yeah, in, so these were okay. two time space. very, very big black holes. In fact, bigger than they expect most black holes to be. Uh -huh. uh, in fact, so big, people even thought they might explain dark matter. Since How then, big are these black holes? Uh, well, the, the, the first collision they measured was uh, 30 mass. They're about each 30 mass black holes, and they formed a 60 mass. So that means we, you measure uh, stellar masses in terms of the sun. So you, you compare it to the mass of the sun. So 30 times as massive as the sun. Yeah. And you, it, what's, what's funny is the way we measure mass in stars, you can't actually convert it to kilograms very accurately. You can convert it to the sun accurately because you can compare two stars and their rotation rates of things around those stars with a telescope. But uh -huh. actually doing the conversion of... Griff, this uh, is because if you try to take a scale to the surface of the sun to weigh the sun, it melts the scale. <laughs> so, <laughs> how many how many square kilometers across? That was a Griff a joke. That was like I made the joke Griff would make. I feel <laughs> right, right. Yeah. No, literally, I will. Like, so I will sometimes I'll mock. It would have been uh, no, so dude, great if you had asked that. You're yeah. just like because the scale melts, right? Right. <laughs> that's how that works. Uh, how many like kilometers? I'm across also a comedian sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> How many kilometers across would the, one of these black holes be? Uh, oh, that's actually smaller than cool the sun, too. right? Uh, yeah, much smaller. So much smaller. So, so they come from more neutron accurately, stars. Even more accurate than stellar masses is a measure of gra uh, gravitational force in distance. That's actually the most accurate. Gravity well? Uh, well, it's it's actually it's, it comes from the uh, Schwarzschild radius. It's like it's a parameter, a free parameter in the solution for black holes, mm -hmm. which interestingly enough was um, from. 100 years ago, uh, 1916, by, uh, I don't remember his first name. I want to say Eddie. Let's Eddie say Ed. Schwarzschild. Although he was a... He was German, so that probably wasn't his name. But he actually solved this. Eddie! Edvard. <laughs> I'm Eddie. Right. Uh, might have been Adolf, because that was still a popular name back then. <laughs> yeah. Um, this yeah, that was War a popular I. name at one point. It really, really went out of style. <laughs> right. Yeah, really I don't know. I have no oh, idea. I hear it's Along coming with back. that one mustache. Yeah. Uh, it seems to be coming back in style. It's kind of strange. Uh, yeah. So uh, anyway, he solved this in the trenches of World War One. He solved Einstein's field equations for a black hole. And there's there's a free parameter in it, and it's called the Schwarzschild radius, named after him. And that radius is the best measure of uh, what the mass of something is, because you can then go and you can watch 
planets take a certain amount of time to go a certain amount of distance, and time and distance are related by the speed of light in relativity. And so distance can tell you, uh, you know, the geometrical properties of an orbit. Um, so anyway, to answer your question, though, for the, for the sun, the Schwarzschild radius is 1.5 kilometers. So that what that also tells you, though, is that if the sun were to collapse into a black hole, if we were to squeeze all the mass that it has now into a black hole, it would only be three kilometers across. Oh, okay. It the is the amount of mass. So that, that radius is the, um, uh, the radius it would need for that amount of mass to be compressed down to a sphere of that radius right. to have an escape velocity greater than the speed of light, right. which is well, the definition of a density. Yeah. At the speed of yeah. light, right. Yeah. Um, so, um, at its surface. At its surface. So it's the point of no return for gravity. It's yes. where gravity takes over all other forces at that point. And that is and for the Earth, general relativity that defines that, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. not special, because special is the only thing I even vaguely understand. Yeah, no, it's, it came from... Uh, special is the one that convert, showed an equivalence between time and distance. Mm -hmm. And then uh, general relativity showed an equivalence between mass and distance. But it's not much different. I saw, I watched this. It's like, just no, it's like, not. It's, it's just it's, a curved it's version. The accelera of the same it's thing. like uh, speed is relative from observers, and then acceleration and gravity are relative, basically. You can't distinguish one from the other. Yeah. Uh, or, yeah, if you just, just if someone's going past you, I can't tell if they're going past me or I'm going past them. Same with if I'm on the surface of this planet. Am, am, is the gravity pulling me into the planet or is the surface of the Earth pushing me up? It's both. Right. Exactly. Yeah, there's no, there's no answer to that. You have to right. solve it both ways. Uh, and that's where all of – that's the beauty of relativity is – all of it comes very, very simple notions spill out these equations yeah, exactly. that are not not mathematically complicated. Algebra, tenth, eh, okay. General relativity is pretty special. complicated. Right. Specialist algebra is 10th grade math. Yeah. Uh, Specialist I mean, algebra one, maybe a little algebra two. That, that was the sad part, actually. I think that really bothered Einstein is that while the mathematics of special relativity were, um, were really simple mm -hmm. and his equation, Einstein's field equation, is really simple, mm -hmm. What it re what that equation represents is all this stuff having to do with something called Riemannian uh, geometry. Uh, and Riemann sums that guy. Riemann. I thought it was Riemann, but uh, R E I M A N. Yeah. N? Yeah. Yeah. Again, we'd have to ask enough. I know. I, I think it's that's the thing is you hear these mathematicians' <laughs> names and they do right. so much in so many different fields and they have things named after them. Right. Are, well, yeah. my guess is we Riemann sum was the basis of calculus. Or uh, yeah. Well, he's he did so much for math. He was yeah. Amazing they all did. It was like seven guys. And like keep in mind, he invented. He invented all this geometry stuff that had nothing to nothing. do with physics. Nothing. Einstein was just happened to realize that his mathematics could be used to describe uh, nature, and it did. But here's where it's not helpful. It was extremely hard to solve solutions for it. So, for example, although the, the only one that's really, really easy is the one that Schwarzschild did, and that took an entire year. Einstein couldn't solve his own equations. Yeah. So he couldn't. He didn't come up with a black hole because he could. He wrote down equations he didn't himself know how to solve. Um, then go forward again. You got to carry the three. <laughs> he forgot to carry the three. That's that's what Ryan was, was figured yep, out. Yep, that's. I was and, in my head. Was it the three or? And just to to show how hard it really was, is you you had to go to. Um, uh, it took another fifty years to solve the next simplest solution, which is a spinning black hole, which is actually more accurate because all stars spin to some degree. So that adds an extra parameter. They swing too. Yeah. <laughs> mm. And so, uh, and spinning black holes. <laughs> right. And I so, know, Kevin, you have them all over your desktop. Yeah. So, um, don't get uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> don't try to walk away from the conversation, you pervert. 
uh, yeah, so then and then uh, Hawking and, and Kip Thorne and some other people also showed, I don't remember all the authors on it, but they showed, in fact, those were the only properties a black hole can ever really have. It's called the black holes have no hair. <laughs> go ahead and go oh. tell with that one, Griff. <laughs> well, first off, that's <laughs> racist. It was the, the Harry Ball theorem. No, it's not the Harry Ball theorem. No, it's okay, also no. a favorite. Uh, yeah, that's a great that's one. That's like a, that's kind of a one that you can explain to. You can't really explain the math, but you're like you can explain it. Yeah, yeah. A vector well, field holes matter. Matter. You have to start without off. having a cur- like a whatever a corner. <laughs> you have to start off by explaining yourself. Like, no, no, no. Hear me out. <laughs> Whenever you use yeah. that one, <laughs> when I was working ones? at a company and I was trying to explain how you couldn't get perfect radio reception in all directions, I was like, look, this is a consequence. Of the Harry Ball theorem, like oh, wow. everyone just the PC, like clenching went through the river. Like, look, that's what it's called. You can look it up on Wikipedia, and everyone just thought I was being difficult on purpose because I tell jokes. <laughs> so they thought they thought I was like duping them into agreeing that this thing was a real thing. But listeners, please Google it. It's a real thing. It's a very exciting. Uh, yeah, the theorem. Harry Ball theorem. I was just gonna make, make a sure joke. you put theorem in after it, or just don't, you know, because it'll and end it's up H A I R Y. It's not like yeah. a guy. Yeah, um, right. it's... Also, uh, a formal event for Armenian men. The Harry Ball. <laughs> I don't know. Why did I make a racist? Because <laughs> uh, that's what we do just, here in Shirley. You're joking. We make stuff uncomfortable and racist. Ball? Matthew is hard. To, you cannot look like you and then not just be racist sometimes. It's like it's, it's impossible. True. You can literally I just, talk about that. Like I can't bring a race without it sounding racist. Right. Yeah. You could literally just say, hey, how's it going? And everyone, like at least black people. 50. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's cool. Uh, I was going to say why... There has to have been a joke in that they could have called it sphere, but they said ball. But then I realized ball can refer to a circle, a sphere, a four-dimensional sphere. Oh, but it doesn't ball. refer to that, actually. No? no, it doesn't. Why is it ball and not sphere? Uh, it's ball because it's a topological property, not a geometric property. So sphere is a kind of uh, means... Uh, you know, sphere can be perfectly round. All points round. in the three-dimensional yeah. space, equidistant from one point. Right. Yeah. So that's usually the definition of a sphere. But just to make things worse, in topology, that's not what a sphere means. That's not what the word sphere means. And it's not what the word ball means. Because in topology, a ball is a solid ball, mm-hmm. topologically solid ball. And a sphere is a topological sphere, meaning it could be a basketball or it could be a deflated basketball. And because there's, those are the same topologically. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I wish I had taken topology now. That's a... Uh, it's a great topic. I, love I hear it was one of my math major friends said it was his favorite course. And it it's, is. It's, it's, a, it's the most... I mean, that is, to me is, is math. That's what yeah. I love. That's the kind of math I love. Is it an extension Same of here. vector calc? Same here. Yeah. Uh, it's, that's like multivariable <laughs> calc or vector calc. That's an, it's, a, it's an ex- one extension beyond that, right? Well, it's not an extension, really. I mean, I don't think you can study it without studying that first, uh-huh. but it's not really a proper... Um, I, think. I think it's just there's too many ideas that come up that you would be see. confused. It's practical. Math, I finished. Yeah. I finished my math degree, like my math classes. The last math class I took was vector calc, and then I went to applied math, which was all linear algebra. Mm-hmm. So that was the. But uh, multivariable was really fun. Uh, I hated DiffEQ. It's so rote. It's so just it's a bunch of great grammars. Four or five, essentially. Four. So di- differential is three. Di- differential equations is calculus three essentially. Yes, but it's it's like okay. Have you seen the 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 Halloween series? Oh, by the way, before we go on, I want to hear this. But different DiffEQ is what is in Einstein's equations that's so hard. Yeah, because it ends up being six simultaneous second order differential equations uh, of 
many variables, and wow. that is that's fundamentally why they can't be solved easily. I'm not making many new fans today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. Say the Halloween thing. I shouldn't. Oh, the, the Halloween series, the movie Halloween started with the Mike Myers Halloween two, Mike Myers, yeah. and then yeah. Halloween three was just completely unrelated. There was no Mike Myers. It was this weird movie about like Halloween masks killing children. And then they came back to Mike Myers. That's what Diffy Q is. Diffy Q is this weird side venture. Tangent. Yep. And it's like, it's really simple, really easy. You don't understand why you're doing it. You don't understand how you're doing it. But then it all becomes important later down the road. You yeah, just take this little side all check. Vector calc is a step above yeah. all of those. Vector calc is, is, is kind of a, just a pretty standard. I mean, if you take like uh, BC calc in high school, vector calc is the extension of that. Like, let's do that in multiple dimensions or with parameters. Right. And when you combine the two, not that much harder. When when you combine the two, you can get stuff like Riemann geometry. And there are elements of linear algebra in when you move to multivariable calculus. You get you get um, you get you get linear algebra in multivariable calculus. Is that right? Because you do like, uh, yeah. I remember you get like yeah. little two by two matrices when you're trying to find the, right. the saddles and, and curves. And, uh, that's part of how Einstein's field equations look simple but aren't. Is because he writes them in terms of uh, matrices, but they actually it's many equations all at once. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, what, what was the side note before? So tell us about your um, your comedy special. Uh, so I did my half hour, and during the half hour, uh, Comedy Central contacted me that they, they wanted to do an album. So I, ended, so I did 21, 22 minutes, uh, went on television, and I had you know an hour I was working on at that point. And mm -hmm. a few months later, I recorded my album. It's called Pedantic. Um, I've been in comedy five years. It represents... You know, but the, what I've done in that time—that uh, means I'm gonna—I'm gonna blow up like you in in a year or two. You're That's four great. years in. Yeah, it's a sweet spot. Woo! I uh, so the album's called Pedantic. I did uh, it's because I did a lot of college shows, kind of in these first five years. That was kind of how I learned yeah, how to do an hour. Right. And I need to—you uh, need to hook me up with that. I got to figure out how to do that. But you know, my biggest problem is I still—it's awkward because I—it's too close to mixing work and comedy, and I still don't want to. I. I'm not comfortable doing that yet, so I don't know what I'm going to do. There's definitely a space for very... I mean, that's kind of why I ended up getting a lot of college shows, because I would do... I would have jokes about grammar or math, mm -hmm. and and they would kind of hit harder with the college crowds, and then I was doing college shows, and that was... You know, you're, you're a product of the audience you perform for, so these jokes expanded in these kind of academic ways, and uh -huh. then I brought them to the clubs and made those jokes work as well as they could for a mainstream audience, and in the end product, I realized my hour was very... Had a lot of academic references, um, so the track listing is a physiology, uh, southern anthropology, grammar, mathematics, rhetoric. All the all, all the the uh, uh, track listings are like course titles for that reason. So that was yeah. Where did you record the hour? The Laughing Skull in Atlanta, Georgia. Nice. This is a great awesome. room. Yeah. Uh, except so first, let me tell you yeah. why I can't watch it yet. Uh, Comedy Central does not allow streaming unless you have cable, and I don't have cable. Really? So I can watch CNN streaming. I can watch... Uh, um, yeah, how can we... Uh, what, uh, it'll be on Hulu eventually. Yeah, Hulu. so I'll, I'll get to it. Yeah. Okay. Unless you brought a CD, and then I'll watch it. <laughs> I don't know. But it was super CDs. cool turning it on. sell merch on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it was super cool turning on the, the Comedy Central app, because I, I streamed some shows on it. So yes. I was hoping that yours was streamed. Um, but no, it had the Oh, yes, the Comedy Central it. app. I've yeah, but it was definitely like, heard of that before was, now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was like, it was the first thing. It was like, they're pushing it when it came out. I was like, that's, that's cool. awesome. Yeah. Last one of the season. Mm -hmm. Um. 
Before was... you know, Jimmy got Arsenio Hall canceled. He was the last one on. Arsenio really? Hall. Yeah. So fucking so Jimmy. Let's, oh, let's language. Ho- no, it's fine. Okay. Do Do you think you learned anything from uh, recording an album that you didn't know before? Anything, um, anything you know, show up to you that you're like, oh, I learned something important in my career or something right. that we we like. Oh, I get apart. You don't plug it on Facebook so blindly that everyone who comes there has seen your comedy. If there's a chance that you can get people who haven't there, right. uh, because I had a first show that was like, I never promote shows in Atlanta. That's where I'm from. And she'll never listen to this. One of my mom's friends, uh, who's always like, "When's Matt in town? I want to see his comedy." And I've always just like actively avoided like letting that group of people come to my shows. I post it like 30 minutes later. It gets a lot. Like all my friends are buying tickets. You know, like, everyone's like, "I'm interested in seeing this." She's bought 14 tickets for her and her women's cl- activities uh, club, which is in a 75 seater room. Uh, which is 20 ex- percent of it. Which is yeah, extra funny because uh, I mean. The hardest part about comedy is in the beginning when you stink and you need people to come do that kind yes. of support. Oh, it's and so the hard. one moment you don't want them to be there yes. is one of those. It's like, no, this is the one time I want everyone to be new and have a sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. Yeah, there's still there's still times where I need to bring. Yeah, that whole idea of like, do I bring friends to shows? Mm. I, I have a theory. Uh, or maybe I stole this from someone. I don't remember. But if you bring people with you to your first open mic... You're not going to keep doing comedy. If you come alone, you're going to keep doing comedy. You're going to yeah. love comedy. I didn't even tell try. people I was doing it. I, I didn't. I, went, I wore a hat. Yeah. I, I, I signed up. I was trying up. to hide it so hard. And people even said, like, oh, I want to go. Uh, no. no. I want to figure this out right. first. Yeah. I, one one of my friends was really insistent. Went to, like, I don't know, my, my third or fourth open mic or something. And I couldn't get that guy to go to another show for like two <laughs> years because he just thought it was going to be like that. And yeah. It was like, eh, no. And turning over material is still a painfully slow and hard process for me. And I still always feel like I'm letting people down when they have to see the same joke twice. Yeah. That's hard, man. That's that so doesn't so. ever get easier. Unless you live in New York, that's really difficult. I learned something um, from you doing your first hour uh, about your career. I learned that your career is going better than Griff's. Yeah, that's a, um, that's a factual yeah. statement. Slow burn. That's, right. a, that's a factual statement. How long have you been doing comedy, Greg? Uh, about <laughs> six years, five, six. If you oh. can. I took a hiatus for a little while. Okay. So. You seem more experienced than that. You're oh, very you. talented. You're thank very, you. very, very good it. at what you do. You know, what's funny about Griff is he's really funny, but he's so bad at, like, little simple things like answering his email and stuff like yeah i can be bad about that but yeah you can't me. do that until you're much more important yeah <laughs> yeah he exactly i can do that <laughs> sorry <laughs> you had to know. uh yeah no I, mean, I haven't missed anything uh i missed anything too important through email if it's important if it says kevin i'm like nah <laughs> he's lying yeah, I just want to know the secret, Kevin. I want you to be my manager because I know you're smart enough. If you wanted to be a manager, you could do a good job. I might. I'm actually not going to be a postdoc in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I'm so gonna be un- why I'm don't you be just be my manager? I guarantee if you were my manager, uh-huh. I'd be a lot further along. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm okay on stage. I just don't know what the hell I'm doing business-wise. Yeah, probably. So I'm, but see, I wanted you to be my, yeah, I wanted him to be my manager because I heard that works really well, actually. Or you could just oh, pretend to too, be your own manager. We can't talk about it. We can't talk about that. Yeah, because we, the... we didn't alienate people with the quantum entanglement <laughs> yeah. and, and, and black hole radius. Yeah. So many people are angry at us Someone's right at home now. sitting there just like, oh, thank God I waited out that first 30 minutes wow. of snooze fest so I could get some career advice on niche markets. Yeah. Oh, my God. There's we people... can talk about a comedy. As... 
talk about a science news story if you want yeah. to hear about that. That's, uh, that's that I have a question for you. Yeah. People, you ever get this? If I get that. I worked in finance. I studied math. You're like, wow, how'd you go from that to comedy? What do you say? Yeah, I get that, and it just... Well, you still me. haven't gotten into comedy. It's <laughs> 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 never really apply to you. Yeah, but a lot of people... Are like, Griff well, just showed up, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, yeah, I do get that all the time. Like, well, But it's not even a well-formed question. Sometimes. It's just like, well, why that? And uh, over here, you know, like it's, too, it's such separate concepts. They're even having trouble asking mm-hmm. one from the other. Uh, for one thing, a lot of people seem to think that, like, you're set if you're in, in a scientist. Mm-hmm. And nothing could be further than the truth. It is extremely difficult unstable. to stay in academia. Really? In this day and age. It, it seems unstable at one comedy. One of the hardest things. I mean, it used to be you'd get tenure by the time you're in your 20s, late 20s. Mm-hmm. Now you probably are uh, lucky if you could get tenure by the time you're 50. Oh, that hard. So that's I mean, why it you went into the comedy. school a lot, but yeah, that's why. No, so my answer is I just uh, I just tried it and I liked it. Yeah, <laughs> so that's uh-huh. the main reason. Well, people think that you're going to be like an idiot in dealing with people if you have a math background, which I I, I don't like. People are just like, how do you write jokes as a math? Like it's it's just it's the same thing. It's just you use your brain and you you try to make things. Uh, it, it's it, people think it's like prohibitive for some reason. It's like there's so many people with science background, like the whole writing staff of Futurama, which I know that's a science show, but like I, I, there's a lot of people with science who, who get into. And we were talking about that on the walk up of like there. I, I do think there are two approaches to comedy. I see creative writing, English background kind of people. Like Kyle Kinane had a creative writing degree. A lot of people studied law or, or, or all those things. And then you can those people tend to be more long form. Mm-hmm. And then as a as a person who tends to do better at math, I feel like I'm better at the the, the details, the punchlines, writing mm-hmm. jokes on Twitter. Yeah. Same, same with Sammy Obeid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I can, like, that's yeah. my favorite way to write drugs. The deta- very Twitter. detailed. Start because with the punchline. Because to me, it sounds like a puzzle. Out. Yeah, that's what it's I a think. puzzle. I huh. like the 140 character limit because yep. it makes the jokes better. I and mean, it does. It's like, you're like, crap, I can't use that word. It's too long. So when are you going to start not- writing jokes, though? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, you, can, you guys can follow me and judge for yourself. I, K.P. Higgerson. Well, Chris Rock has a very scientific approach about his comedy yes, and his he hours. Does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's been like five years since he's done one. But I, I watched him recently. It was some of the best stand-up I've ever seen. Well, he's very methodic he about how he approaches. Right. He goes in with jokes that he's written and purposely doesn't have any energy to see, does the writing work? He's, he's I call just, bullshit. Uh, well, I've heard a lot of people say that. How many new jokes do you have that you're like, I'm going to deliver the shit out of this? You're like, you're just too nervous to make sure the wording's right. Right, right. If you can go up there and tell Joe just deadpan and it gets a laugh, you know the writing's good. Yeah, That's you, all of my comedy. Like you're not I quite, have, you're not deadpan. I, I can I can accent a joke, but there's not a single joke I can do that's pure delivery. Uh, it, it always has the writing behind it, even if it's in a funny voice. Uh, you uh, may be the rare breed where you can deliver the, the you can you can just take a regular sentence and make it into a punchline. That's what yeah. I am. I, I don't. I, mean, I don't. Take, that's bullshit, though. You have great writing. You but just. You, but you can say something like, "Hey, I'd like a coffee," but you say it like in a like. <laughs> hey, I want a coffee. I'm a ginger. Someone fuck me. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly I, what you wanted to hear right now. The one so thing I gave is, it to I you. Don't, I don't have that ability, and that's why I have to write. Like, that is the best summary of your act, right there. Well, I don't. I focus Send more on characters and energy, and then occasionally I'll pop out something like, uh, "I love how crackheads 
will take shopping carts and they'll smoke crack and recycle all day. When I think about it, crackheads are great for the environment. <laughs> and, and I'm like, okay, that's one of my little babies. I'm like, I don't need to perform that one. But it's just because it's just fun to say. We've even said it on this podcast. Yeah, I, we yeah. probably have. We have. Um, but yeah, I don't know. For new listeners. There's different approaches, I guess. That's why I'm supporting Proposition 72. <laughs> Give more shopping carts to crackheads. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to NPR's like, proposition review for the ballot coming up. But, uh, Do you guys know about swap voting? By the way, to be oh, topical. Yes. But explain. Yeah. Well, it is an honor system. Okay, let's say you want your vote to matter. Let's say you're in a, a state like California where you feel like, oh, because of the Electoral College, my vote doesn't matter. If you're going to vote for Hillary, let's say you feel like, oh, my vote doesn't matter anyway. Well, let's say you go over to Ohio, a swing state. You can get someone in Ohio to vote for Hillary for you, and you swap votes with Gary Johnson. So Gary Johnson gets his voice heard. That's a system. However, it's an honor system. You don't know if they're actually going to vote for Hillary. Um, but if this were a monitored system and it weren't just an honor system, that could hugely affect an election. I like how you call it an honor system instead of like a dishonorable system. Well, that's true. It's, I'm, I'm not even sure it's legal. I mean, I guess it's legal. It's, but it's, tremendous. it's, it's tremendous. We should it's set up. We should, this should be an app, Airbnb, and the V stands for vote, and you could just like basically swap your yeah. To not just, to get, just like you guys manage each other, you can also vote for each other. I mean, get, people tried this in in the 2000 election and. There was stuff like that. Yeah, I'm sure. Not to be too ADD, but I don't like Airbnb. I don't know if you guys have used it. <laughs> they have no phone or email to contact them with. Oh. That's the new business model in the sharing economy. Just we'll blow up, but we don't. We don't. We got to keep costs down. So how do we? You, you got to be on the community board if you have questions. Okay. Yeah, but you got to like. I, I sometimes it pisses me off, and then I go home and see how my mom handles tech support representatives. I'm like. I would kill myself. <laughs> That's why. She's like, what do I click? Why? What do I click? Yeah. She can't even explain what the problem is. She's just like, I don't understand. And ah, this is it. Let me talk to you, man. You're like, mom, you don't even know what's wrong with your computer. Yet you're asking this person to help fix it. And then I sit down. We figure out what the issue is. And then we figure out what. And it's like really hard stuff. It's just like, can you imagine? Can you imagine yeah. helping old people on the phone? Yeah, that'd be pretty bad. With their Hulu account. <laughs> do you know Tommy Jonigan? Yes. God, he's got a bit about his my mom. He's, he's so trying to walk his mom over, having to help her over the phone. And she's like, how do I, how do I, I just want to listen to iTunes. And he's like, okay, well, what's going on? Well, it says Microsoft Works and something. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. She's like, she's like, I opened it in Microsoft Works. He's like, mom, I don't even know how you did that. <laughs> I don't even know. How That's like, you, yeah. He has a whole five minute bit about like how, mom, how is this even? Like how are you? Yeah. I don't understand. And that's a whole generation right there. My my family, um, we, it's it's my my dad, my mom, um, and my brother and me, and we you know we're, my parents are still together. I go home and see my mom. My mom and I fought oh, a lot of over the years. Are. We could tell. <laughs> uh, uh, my dad has Parkinson's, so he's he's in a home now. My mom's at home by herself, and uh, she's. We've all made a really good effort recently to get along really well. It's been going amazing. Uh, we don't fight that much. There's no name calling because when we fight, it used to be brutal. The one thing we've learned is that if sh if I try to help her with technology, a fight will happen <laughs> every time. Of like, it can be so yeah. we can talk about everything. Of like, there's no like, you know, what I mean, like all the things that typically spark fights, we're all like really respectful. But the second she's like, "Can you help me with this?" 
I'm like, no, no, we're not going. I'll yep. go do yard work for seven hours That's for you. Anything to help, not God. help you with that. Me and my wife had the same policy. Yep. We had, we, there was a point where we're just like, we will not fix. Yeah, anything hire a guy. Yours. I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you the money to just hire a guy to come right. over, or and you can get my goddamn new computers. Uh, yeah. Like I the love... worst is just like my fax doesn't work. Yeah, and we're, we're uh-huh. in all seriousness going. Why like, do you have a fax Why machine? do you have a fax Fuck machine? She doesn't want. <laughs> she doesn't want someone to fix her computer. She wants a personification of technology to berate and belittle. That's what I become when I'm helping her. I love that Tom Jonigan line. He's like, Mom, I'm not smart enough to be dumb enough to help you. Yeah. <laughs> Ronnie Chang has a bit about helping his mom over the phone. It's like, no, move the mouse here. Move the mouse here. It's like, no, no. Uh, Is it on? Like, you have to ask that question. Dude, my, no joke. Yeah. Recently, my mom um, said, was just, I was like, Okay, I'll restart the computer. And I'm sitting there with her. And she was like, what? I said, restart the computer. She, she, she was, you mean shut it down? I was like, no, restart. She was like, how do I do that? I'm like, you're going to figure that out. I'm not going to help you with that. you gotta, <laughs> you got to learn that yourself right now, right here. I'll come back when you've done it. I'm not. You've got to do that. And now you're an asshole for saying you got to do that. You gotta, basic she's like, thing. why now, can't you just help me? I'm like, because you need to learn. Yep. Now you're an asshole for saying you got to learn that. I don't mean to talk shit. I did a joke about my the uh, the secretary at my office mm-hmm. uh, when I used to work. It was a two-person operation. We had a boss, but it was just the two of us kind of sharing a cubicle. She was, um, I hate to call her secretary, but she, she did a lot of the, uh, what's the word? Secretary uh, Administrative work. tasks. Right. Um, and she did a lot of stuff on the computers. She was there for years, and she was, uh... I hate this. She was from an older generation, not my mom's generation, younger than that, but older than I am. Uh, she had kids my age. How about I'll put it that way? Um, and I would I would help her with a lot of stuff. And I worked there for two or three years. And she would do she would scour through these like long spreadsheets of information for stock prices and accounts and all that. And as uh, the week I was leaving, uh, she was like, "Hey, I need help with this." I, I, this one bomb was giving me trouble. And, I'm, and she was start scrolling around for. It. I was like, "Oh, just Control F and, and find some instances of it." She goes, "What?" I said, control F. She was like, what does that mean? Whoa. Uh, Thousands oh. of lines she would scour through. And it oh. was, I, and I, I gave her that. <laughs> she didn't know what control F was. Oh. Isn't that crazy? Oh, my God. But it's like a language. That's the thing. My mom says to me, she's like, it's not fair. You grew up. You were you had a developmental age when you, you learned technology. And you were fluent in it. And I will never understand it the way you do. That's that's true. And and just little things like here's a little awesome thing for our listeners. This is sweet. Adobe Sign and Fill is a sweet app so you don't have to freaking go out and print out and scan and sign papers anymore. Just have an email file or whatever it is and then you just sign it right there on the Adobe Fill and Sign app and then just email it. So that's, that's and that that's you good. don't have to be smart to use that, and that's just something it. that could blow that somebody's mind that time. doesn't know. <laughs> so there's people that don't know about that, and I'm like, I could have just saved you 30 minutes, and if yep. you're bad with technology, several hours or days. If yep. you're if you're my mom, that's a week. Yep, <laughs> I do that a lot too because my career is going just so well that I have to fill out a lot of paperwork and uh, <laughs> gotta fill out those W nine. They're always like, uh, you know, print, th- print this out and fill it out. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I got ten ninety nines laying around everywhere. I gotta fill out. Well, I don't print them. I just do. I just, I just, whatever. Uh, put my signature on it, and it yeah. looks handwritten enough. Huh. And they're like, was this, is this scanned? I'm like, sure is. I do my signature like photo perfect every time. It's the exact same. <laughs> hey, I was, I was referring to fun employment. As what I'm about to enter. Mm-hmm. And you were in a movie called Fun Employment. I was. I don't know if that ever came out. Oh, okay. Well, it's on IMDb, and that's all Wait, that you're entering Fun Employment? No, I'm just... I, I was looking at your IMDb thing, because I was trying to 
pretend like I remember the name of your special because I wanted to, I realized we didn't name it. And can you tell me what it was? Just what's to make the special? Sure? Yeah, what's the special called? Oh, it's just the Competential Half Hour. P- Pedan- so it's- oh, it doesn't have a name? No, it oh. doesn't have a name when you do a half hour. Oh, that's why I didn't remember. Oh, yep. good. I'm off the, the hook. Yep. You're I'm off, off the-, the hook. I'm not a bad friend. <laughs> episode, <laughs> yeah, it's called uh, Season 5, Episode 17. That's the name of the special. Okay, it's a great so, name. Very meta, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get to this news story, so because uh, it's big news. Um, huge it's, news. It's it's not huge because the only thing that made it big news is that it got reported wrong. So there's this story that went viral, and every, I, like anytime a story goes viral that's about science, I get like 30 people on Facebook demanding that I <laughs> tell them in person in a private <laughs> message, and it's just, it's so frustrating. In a massage. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Can you come over and massage my feet and explain all of physics to me? Because I saw this one article. Was this the one Actually, I posted? You do that too. Yeah. I do it all yeah, the time. You did it too. I really, I was really I enjoy, hoping that was true. Because I enjoy pissing you, you off. You were that's one of like what. 30 people though. I'm so sure. Anytime you see me get outraged at somebody, that's usually why. Because it's just like, Jesus, I've said that. Just scroll up. Anyway, so just <laughs> keep calm. I'm not... You know, it's not a big deal. But uh, I think this is, you sent it to me. Uh, somebody, it came out that there's no dark energy. That was how the story was Ugh. being. Yeah, which is, I was, obviously. Was being. And, okay, so what this that's not at all true. What happened is an important lever arm on measuring dark energy is this looking for these types of supernovas called uh, type 2A supernovas. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're known in astronomy as called a standard ca- uh, candle that means that we understand the, the physics of what happens well enough that they always give off the same amount of light and so that makes it very useful when you're trying to measure how far away something is and how far away, how fast it's going because you get the same amount of light from each one yes and you do this by you look for them by just showing like putting a telescope looking deep in space and when one of these occurs even though it could be in a galaxy that's almost invisible or completely invisible and just really far away for that brief moment that that uh, supernova is outshining the entire galaxy. I mean, it's brighter than all the stars in the galaxy for that like single moment, and so that we you can see them on the sky. There'll be this flash of light, and they they happen all over the universe. So they could be like almost to the edge of the universe, and we can see them. Uh, this is where dark energy was discovered. Is that we if you go further and further, you see that they're getting actually faster. Um, Redshift, blue it, shift. Yeah. Well, no, no, no that's bit. their distance, but the rate at which they're moving is accelerating. So that's where this idea of dark energy came from. There's, it's, it's sort of like at a, at a big enough scale, a far enough scale, um, gravity becomes kind of repulsive instead of uh, yes. um, attractive. Uh, accelerated uh, expansion of the universe. Yeah, and it's discovered it's, in the 90s? Well, it has a really fun history. So it started off with Einstein. He realized there's a, an extra free parameter in his theory of gravity, and he didn't know what it was, and he just assumed that it was... Uh, slightly um, non-negative, and that that's what kept the universe to get uh, apart. So he actually proposed it himself. He proposed dark energy, but um, but so much more simply and offhandedly, like yeah. for Matt's last theorem of like I have a thing, I just didn't write it down yet. Well, he did it because <laughs> he saw that the math didn't exclude it. Yeah. And so he said, okay, like the ma- math's not there, so it's there. And since just for sort of religious or philosophical reasons, he thought the universe was eternal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because he probably wanted to avoid thinking of creation mm-hmm. and this is a, a thing we all got like a, this is where scientists and uh re, you know religious because yeah, galileo got in some trouble for that yeah but yeah he got for for other parts because they didn't know about the the stability of the universe and stuff but einstein really thought the universe was stable like 
forever in all directions. It'll last forever and we'll say Edwin Hubble, who he actually discovered this just at the top of Mount Wilson, which is where all of LA TV is broadcast from. There's also a telescope up there, and he's the one who first realized that galaxies are moving apart from each other. And once you realize that, you you can just trace them back to the beginning, and then then you know that um, you know 14 billion years ago they were all in one point. Mm -hmm. But the dark energy. So so no longer so then Einstein called it his biggest mistake because he said, oh, it's exactly zero because there's no reason to have it. And uh, so it stayed zero. <laughs> and then uh, when they measured these supernova, when uh, people measure supernova and they won a Nobel Prize for it, forget their names, I'm afraid. Um, they saw that they not only are they, you know, flying apart, but they actually. Was it Harry? They had, was it Harry? <laughs> Harry Balls. Out of Harry. No, I did <laughs> Edwin Hubble is the Hubble's first. He's an Eddie, too. Eddie Hubble. Yeah. Eddie Van Halen, Pasadena. <laughs> There's just something named Eddie. Dude, that's a good name for an improv troupe. Eddie Van Hubble. <laughs> that is. Are you going to tour under that? Yeah, like, let's do it. You're like, no, no, I have a By the way, I'm, I'm, I'm naming his first hour Dark Material. Dark Matter, you mean? Dark Well, it's because it's material. Yeah, but then it's not a pun anymore. As, as his manager, you're naming him? <laughs> yeah. I'm already uh, starting managing him. So anyway, the point Dark is... Matters. super. <laughs> so Hubble used the light from galaxies, but the people who look for supernova use these... Uh, uh, they Sorry, the people who look for dark energy use supernova. So the news story that it said that it was no longer true, that scientists don't believe in it, is that the first measurement was a really, really low chance that it wasn't there. And we call well, that well, You skipped a step. And that's that not only are, is the galaxy moving apart, it's moving apart at an accelerating rate. Accelerating rate, The opposite rate, yes. of how gravity should affect it. Gravity should eventually pull everything together. Right. And instead of... They're, well, they're doing... you can still be flat, which is the weird thing. You can have a universe that just goes off forever mm -hmm. and doesn't still compress. doesn't have a, a Well, if term. it's infinite, yeah, because the pulling would be... Yeah. Right. Uh, um, um, so we, we see, I guess, due to the, oh, that's what we see, the blue shift. We look at the light coming in from these standard candles, and the ones that are farther away are going faster, which means the farther they are away, the more they're moving away from us, which means an accelerate, which means the universe is, like uh, it's been said, that one day in the future, you'll look out into the sky and see no other galaxies, because they'll all be too far away. Except for the ones that collide. But yes. Because yeah. <laughs> a, a lot of them are also glumping I've listened together. to Power Man 5000. Yeah. I know what it's like when galaxies collide. <laughs> <laughs> is that a reference people oh, remember? Wow, Rob Zombie's think... son. Is, is it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Rob Zombie's son. John Zombie? I don't know. <laughs> so the news story was prompted by the fact that a new data set of a lot more supernova mm -hmm. were looked at because we have cheaper telescopes and we have computers that can automate the process of looking for them. They're basically robots scanning the sky looking for all over the mm -hmm. earth. So this, this data set was way bigger and what happened is the evidence for dark energy got weaker. And it, so it went from one in a million chance that there's no dark energy to a three sigma, which means there's a 0.5% chance that there's no dark energy. And the, so the story went in like, said, oh, which, scientists which say be there Trump's is chances no... right now, but sadly, it's 35% before well, this podcast started. It's related, believe it or not, because you, there's a big controversy. I want, I'm glad you brought that up, because I've been saying this for a long time. I think Nate Silver... If Trump wins, dark matter doesn't exist? <laughs> related to that. Just orange matter. That you're... <laughs> there we go. We haven't had that many jokes today. I'm glad we're hitting a couple, yeah. That's why, that's why I come in. I'm sure it doesn't get... 
You <laughs> get too and you serious. Knew, and you know all about be, being orange with the, the yeah. hair. Way to so. commit to that joke, yeah. Kevin. <laughs> That fucking, I hate when you call someone on a bad joke, but that was good. That's half Only between podcast. friends, yeah, it's that's cool. That's pretty yeah. much half of what we do. We're just Harry like, Ball busting no, over here. <laughs> no, you're not funny. No, you're not. Way to not commit again to your act out. <laughs> that's why I just don't do act outs. Uh, that's the trick. Um, okay, so it became slightly less improbable that there's no dark energy but somehow the deuce that the article changed that to scientists rule out dark energy not at all correct there's okay. still it is the more overwhelmingly more likely dark energy is there as yeah now maybe if down the future we uh we see more evidence and it goes closer to zero well we might be able to rule it out yeah although there's there's even there's other models that measure it too so that also was not really represented in the uh but this guy, is, you said he's a dude. He's like he's a guy. The guy yeah. who who did who who published this study is like a reputable person. Yeah, in the field of yeah. Physics. In fact, like, I, I quoted him in my uh, thesis. in your thesis. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, he's legit. The study is let's legit. Get him on the podcast. It wasn't the. It, it wasn't. I didn't say he was fun. I mean, I don't, I've never met we'll, him. We'll actually, get him so. out and we'll call him out. <laughs> <laughs> we could. I think he's at Santa Barbara, but I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, and yeah. Anyway. Um, no, no, no. The study is totally legit. It was the news articles that were the the writing, of, the reporting of the news article wasn't. That's what was also kind of frustrating. Not not you, but a lot of people that are saying it to me, and it's like a lot of the things they're asking, they were just in the article. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I like, read I, it. I read, and that was the thing. Tico, yeah, who I know you wouldn't who's send a dick, it to me and I, I read it. Right. I was like. Good. There's evidence that the world, the universe may not be uh, expanding at an accelerating rate because that whole notion is depressing. It will forever, <laughs> as a not as I'm a pop consumer of science. Yeah. See, but you're I'm not a scientist. Same. I don't study it. I don't. I don't actually take ideas and test them. I just listen to what other people say. So I'm the worst. I get that. Um, and I spread but information a, like I'm knowledgeable. That's what Einstein called it. His biggest mistake is because he he felt that he used his his prejudice and bias. He did. To propose it. Yes. And then, but the, this is, the, what's great quantum, about this though. is it, it's a, well, a lot of his He friends, hated quantum because he hated the notion of like, well, it's not there. It's just, it's just probability. God doesn't roll dice. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and what's kind of cool is that a lot of that stuff might turn out to be true too, because of a field of topology. <clears throat> it might turn out topology saves Einstein's view of a, like a classical universe by, on the quantum level, uh, well, that you can get quantum mechanical effects because of uh, topology. So, like oh. for example, some people have proposed. We talked about this on the show, although we never got anywhere with it. But we brought it up, so why not continue it? Uh, there's some people proposed particles in, uh, that are entangled through mm -hmm. quantum mechanics are entangled because they're tiny, tiny little wormholes, and that you pull this wormhole apart. And the reason that you can communicate faster. Uh, why they can change state is because you're observing a topological property of that wormhole and it's immediately reflected in the other one even though you didn't do any measurement in between yes because it's the truth is is for that information to travel that distance instantaneously isn't infinite speed it's actually time travel effectively it's yeah, going backwards in time going backwards in time and to get there because but if you have a wormhole you know, wormholes are yep. basically time machines God, so. wormholes are so nice i gotta yeah. get one um, the, you the might dark be made thing. of them, so just keep it. If what I'm saying turns out to be true, if we find that out someday, you are made of like ten to the twenty-five wormholes. So you know, be excited about that. 
I'm trying to. Super <laughs> I'm excited about to, that. I'm super excited. I've been working about out that. lately. I'm trying down to cut down to ten to the twenty-four wormholes yeah. for, for summer. Um, you're, dark you're, matter depresses me. Well, the reason I the reason I like this study is because accelerating universe, uh, accelerating expansion of the universe. That's where dark matter came from. Where does this energy come from? How much energy would it take to actually push everything apart? Well, it must be some unknown, unseeable energy force, even matter. That's dark energy. That's dark matter. Dark matter is not a thing we see. It's just an unknown and an equation, and a lot of it. It's a big, big, big unknown. What is it, like three percent? We we only see three percent of the energy that it would take uh, for this to be. Well, if you include dark energy and dark matter, we're five percent. Five percent. If you include just dark matter and matter, uh, it's twenty-five percent. Twenty-five percent. So it's more. We, we more matter is accounted for, but of a much much smaller. Well, just because the dark energy is the biggest piece of the pie, even and, though it might not be there at all. Yeah. The, the the reason that's that sounds contradictory, but the reason is just because dark energy has an effect on a huge scale. Yeah. Whereas dark matter we know has an effect on a. And on a scale have... that is shorter than an Earth orbit, for example. So, I mean, uh, sorry, a galactic orbit. Okay, and it it's it could be all sorts of dark matter could be all sorts of things, right? Yeah, it's getting kind of um, frustrating because it's not showing up in detectors, so no. people are losing. It's hope. By definition, not detectable. Or, or, or no, no, very... no, that's not true. No, it can. It's it's, it's uh, by definition hard to detect. That's it's, why it's called dark. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, the, the current best guess is that it's weakly interacts, meaning it interacts with the weak force only. Oh. Because uh, oh. there's, there's four forces. There's gravity. Weak. Yeah. That's actually a frat boy name, right. that particle. So, um. so sorry. It, it interacts by gravity. So gravity and weak force. Then you can describe something that it acts like a dark matter particle. It, well, so it just means it doesn't – by saying it's dark, it means it doesn't interact with light. So it doesn't have a charge. It doesn't have a magnetic moment. And that's what makes it uh, dark. So of the four, but the problem it's, is we've yeah. been putting pretty good limits on what it should behave if it's a normal weak particle. Mm -hmm. And we're not seeing those. And unfortunately, it's going. we're starting to get closer and closer to something called the neutrino noise floor, which means that it will get. That sounds like a cool indie band name. <laughs> but not a special. <laughs> that's actually a, 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 a bi-monthly party in Echo Park. <laughs> I was going to say the neutrino noise floor. <laughs> <laughs> that none of us are cool enough to get right, into. Right, right. Takeovers are a club, and there's, yeah. yeah, my beard's not even good enough to get into that party. <laughs> yeah. So um, DJ Cosmic is spinning. Yeah. yeah. Um, nice. Thank you. I committed. To you that committed one. to that one. I committed one. to wow. it. Wow. Starting to build <laughs> an axe. Plunge. This is how it starts right here, buddy. Uh, yeah. So the Detroit news noise floor is this. <laughs> Now I'm just seeing a bunch of neutrinos running around on a news floor. Well, I gotta get this topic out before the other guys go. God damn it, I want to lose my mind. Where's our cigarette? Why won't eight. anyone interact with me? Yeah. We gotta uh, get this news out. So this floor, this noise floor is caused by the fact that there's just all these neutrinos around, and they also interact weakly. Not at, we, we were hoping that dark matter interacted above the strength of neutrinos, and so um, we won't be able to see it at the certain point because we'll just see neutrino events and yeah. we won't be able to distinguish a neutrino event from a dark matter from event. a normal facebook event and, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so even uh, though our detectors keep getting better and better and better they're eventually going to get good enough that we already know that they're not they're going to be seeing other signals that we were hoping uh wouldn't be washed out so neutrinos are the weakest interactive particle we can observe yeah 
at the okay. moment. And they only that that's that that you you explain neutrinos to me. The only effect we have of neutrinos they they do not they are not affected by electricity magnetism they're not affected by a weak. Actually, strangely enough, they might have a magnetic moment. We don't know if they don't. The Let's pretend are, you didn't yeah. say that because right. <laughs> now now I can't. But you said that the only Dark reason matter, probably can't. The yeah. only way you'll see a, a neutrino is if it actually hits the uh, nucleus of an atom. It's yeah. Most matter interacts not by bouncing into each other, but by uh, electromagnetic forces and them getting close to each other. Mm -hmm. um, well, it's very similar. Uh, at the quantum scale, uh, what happens is they exchange a, something called a virtual particle, mm. um, which is, uh, in the case of... Another the, dance party in Echo Park. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> virtual party. Virtual party. It could be DJ both of them, I, I'm picturing what, what's it called quiet riots, the silent discos for both of them, with like a lot oh, of yeah. like shiny lights. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of kids ODing on on, on party drugs there. Yep, herbal malls. Oh, and they die molly. and don't die right. at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's great. Well, dude, I just went in a wormhole, right. and then it came out in the corner store. <laughs> Holy shit, dude! So you're saying dark matter only—it's its interaction with matter. No, it wouldn't what? interact with matter. It would. It would no, no, it would, because everything has uh, the ability to interact. Everything we're made out of interacts via the weak force. Oh. All things that we're made out of. Uh, th that includes electrons and neutrinos and uh, quarks, mm -hmm. and so. That's that's us. That's what we're made out of. Yeah. Um, now, gluons and photons Deep. don't, but uh, but yeah, everything else does. So what happens is there's quarks in your in your uh, gluons in your body or a tank of water, and a neutrino will occasionally get so close to that 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 uh that quark or that electron that they're able to exchange this uh, weak particle called a W boson. Um, it's yeah, it doesn't come up a lot in everyday life but it's a very heavy particle and it's heavy because it's uh it it interacts with the higgs particle so the weakness of neutrinos is caused by their interaction is caused by the very fact that the higgs is so heavy so that's why it was such a big deal to measure the mass of the higgs is because we finally that was a missing piece of how the weak force worked was like, that was proposed a long time ago people are like oh this is gonna be awesome what is the weak force? Is that gravity or is that... No, it's called the weak force. That's it's called weak, weak because nuclear force, it right? is weak. Yeah, it, it's called that because it very much is weak. W what does it do? Uh, it's just much weaker than electromagnetism, but it's still stronger than gravity. <laughs> so gravity yeah. is... Weak force! <laughs> um, that's... It sounds like another good name for a band. Yeah. Frank, um, I had to teach a science, high level science class over here. That could be a metal band, I think. Weak force? Yeah. Um, so there's there's gravity's the weakest. Electromagnetism's the second? Uh, is the second weakest? No. No. The strongest is called strong. Strong, and that's it's strong. That's what strongest. does the strong force do? It holds it holds all your quarks together. Holds your quarks together. Yeah, so it makes the nucleus really small because it's so strong. So it okay. binds. It's the it, reason it's protons, which are repulsive, can be right next to each other. Yeah, okay. and uh, for a moment they can. No, they, uh -huh. It's not stable, but that's what makes the you know that's what makes supernova powerful is mm -hmm. that they they give off all this energy from the strong force. What's it's the force that's released. And in that's an the destruction atom bomb. of gluons. Yeah, well, the release of gluons. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're, Annihil they're really... It's annihilation. If it's energy being released, then a gluon I mean, disappears. Well, the energy. gluons are only there for a short amount of time anyway, so it's better to think of the quarks inside. So it, the, the power of an atom bomb comes mostly from the strong force. Okay. There's also a weak... Just to be confusing... Well, no, that's, okay. Strong... Just to be confusing, there's work... The weak force is involved also, because the weak force is the thing that can change quarks from one type to another. So you can change a neutron into a proton using the weak force. But they're um, held... They're both held together with the strong force. But they still have to use the neutron bathroom. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> nice. Thank you. I, so is this? This is my understanding of it. Maybe I'm sure there's other implications. That's good. Um, two quarks are held together by a gluon. Yeah. Um, much it, like much like two protons are held together by a neutron and a helium right, molecule. Right. So that is the the gluon with holding the quarks together is the strong force. Yep. And then so holding holds, a neutron a nucleus together is the weak force. No. The weak force is just the one that switches one to the other. It's the, Whoa. Okay. Yeah, it's, the, it's the surgeon. It's the, the sex change surgeon in your analogy. Well, no, okay, but a neutron turns into uh, so a, 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 a neutron is two downs and an up, and a proton is two ups and a down. Bingo. And the weak force turns an up to a down and a down to an up. The strong force does two important things. It holds the the neutron and the protons together, the quarks inside of them together. Mm-hmm. And keeps that like a stable thing. But they also, it's an additive force. So um, when it's, the two are next to each other, it also holds them together. It's, it's, uh, it just, it adds up. So the stronger, it, you know, it clumps together, the more things can be held together. Until they repulse so much and then they fall apart. And this is why plutonium is not a stable element. And why uranium is, or it's more stable. Plutonium can you, can is man-made. So, so yeah, so plutonium. Uranium is yeah. natural, right? I'm told I gave Griff that lesson yesterday. No big improv. deal. Yep. I didn't know plutonium was, uh, was engineered. Plus, plutonium's well, a stronger. Griff knew something you didn't know. Wow. Have you guys been watching the Heavy Water Wars? <laughs> no. It's on Netflix. Really, really good. It's a, a like a seven episode series. It's about the team that um, the team of like Danish snow skiers who. Uh, who came in and destroyed a water faci- or a facility where they were actually building a uh, nuclear bomb in Germany, uh, and they needed heavy water in order to um, to build it, and that was that was well, the living fact. They basically destroyed they their were... supplies of, of heavy water. Yeah. Okay, but so heavy water. We were worried Germany was making a bomb during the war, but. The way they were approaching it, they wouldn't have made one. They wouldn't have made one. We didn't know that until many decades later. But yes, they did have the heavy water, and they were in the, the Allied powers were worried that they were making a bomb because of this. But we now know, or at least unclassified knowledge, mm-hmm. common knowledge, is that, um, that you can't really make a, a fusion bomb without an uh, an atom bomb first, a fission bomb. Well, I didn't know that they could make wet blankets out of heavy water either. Thanks for ruining for that for me. <laughs> 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 uh, it's a really good show, right? Um, but uh, it does bring up. We brought up fusion, though. Fusion, I, I did, and that's what powers the sun. So the sun also uses the strong force. All the energy we get on Earth is coming from the strong force. Two protons coming together, yeah, uh, and becoming turning from basically uh, hydrogen ions into a, uh, a, a helium, helium yep. nucleus, and, and slightly heavier ones, and, the, yeah. and, a, and a neutron has to appear, right? Uh, well, it flips. It, a neutron has to be created out of a proton. Oh, so it takes three protons. Two yes. protons come together and another one uh, yeah. transitions. Right. Uh, and in transitioning, it releases, and that's the weak force or the strong force? The weak force has that's to the weak do force. So to turn... Weak force flips one of them. To get two protons to bind together uh-huh. in a stable molecule, there has to be both the strong force that holds it together, and uh-huh. you also have to have the weak force to switch one of them to the neutrons. Yeah. Sticking them together is easy. But they'll fly back apart again unless this transition her- happens. And it doesn't happen very often because it's a weak process. Okay. So that causes that's actually really good because that's the reason the, sh- the sun is shining for 10 billion years and not for uh, you know, a few 
days days yeah. after yeah. the big bang so because we're it's only so here, rare yeah. that we can actually so, have that flip happen so this that's what's kind of cool about it so this is one of the places where the higgs mass matters a lot mm. the the fact that the higgs is so heavy is also the reason that life can exist on earth because the sun has to burn for billions of years to support life hmm. and evolution so it's 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 kind of cool that those two are related that is convenient for us man. yeah that'd be much yeah. harder to do this without a sun right if the higgs uh, were much lighter the sun would burn out in a just, you know a few it's incredible a few how much million years miracle or a year that we are to be here oh it's crazy it's I mean, a mathematical the, and scientific miracle i mean it's just think about the fact that in the ejaculate that created you there were 60 million other sperm that too <laughs> i mean all of these cosmic thoughts combined on and mushrooms and griff's will parents. make you cry and be happy to be here that's true and griff's parents are like why couldn't you have been one of the other sperm <laughs> yeah exactly like the little red one didn't get kicked out and apparently every, like, roughly with every heartbeat, your uh, your body creates a thousand new sperm and kills a thousand old ones. Wow. So it's like, it's yeah, constantly changing out. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so in the, the in the... Yeah, if you do cocaine, that's a lot of production. In fusion, I believe a particle has to disappear in order to release that energy. What particle is disappearing? Did you say the gluon? Not disappearing. Uh, no, uh, it's all conserved. It's changing. Okay, so and a nuclear it's like it disappears. I mean, in a nuclear reaction, a neutron dis- it, it turns into energy. That's where that's where the atom bomb comes. It from. does. A neutron can't be destroyed, as far as we know. A neutron proton cannot. So those are. Uh, this is getting too complicated. No. This podcast. I'd those like two know, things, I thought the neutron created. Those the two things are both called baryons, and baryons cannot be created or destroyed. Uh-huh. So you can turn a proton into a neutron, and you can Keep turn a neutron. baryon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good That's t-shirt. Good. We should sell that. that yes. I, Caltech. That'd be yeah. the only Caltech gift shop. We can sell yeah. there. All right. Um, but we're going to have to edit out the part where it was your idea. If I went to yogurt land and I just wanted some extra like fruit on there, I'm like, could I get a berry on for $9? <laughs> do you know how annoying it would be if it turns out you got a, you're on Conan, you did all this show, and then you're also selling a science t-shirt <laughs> like better than I Oh, my God. Berry Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Could be Barry- okay. They're baryons. So they're baryons. It's a it's a complete mystery why there are so many more baryons than anti-baryons. So oh, that's uh, matter antimatter. Yeah, because that's yeah. that's the matter we see so at, that is, at our that's energy level. Right? Yeah, that's the miracle right there. Something at the Big Bang caused there to be more of one thing than the other, and that's, we don't know why. I believe the word symmetry is thrown around. Yeah, is that in reference to that. Yeah. Okay. Or conservation. Um, yeah. Wait. Same okay. Thing. Mass um, is annihilate, and it'll not. I, I looked it up. A, a, a gram or two, or something. Like, seven yeah. grams of mass was disappeared in the annihilate in the and annihilation of up, little and boy. And that's what comes. Yes. What was that mass before? Was uh, it in the form of subatomic particles that disappeared? That mass was in the form of gluons. Gluons. Yeah. And so not even full neutrons. And a little bit more. It's a little places. Other places too. It's in the difference in weight between the. Uh, the up quark and the down quark. They weigh a little bit, so that oh. energy can be released during that transition. So the weak and force... That's, and that's why the weak protons force... Protons becoming neutrons or the other way around? Both. Well, in, in an atomic explosion, which which happens more? The thing that mostly happens is that there's gluon, there's strong force energy released. Uh-huh. That's the dominant one. Yes. Then From protons turning into neutrons. Or both no, ways. No, no, no. From... Uh, from fission is when you have like a nucleus and it completely splits in half. Splits apart, shoots yeah. a neutron out, hits another one, so, splits another one. So that one. energy of splitting in half, uh-huh. that releases a huge amount of energy. Okay. Because it just goes from one big heavy one 
to two light ones. Those light ones, though, they happen to but have... But the mass is the same. Well, it's roughly half and half, yeah. Mass but they, they're needs flying to out. disappear. Uh, yeah, if okay. you weigh those two things and you compare it to the weight of the thing you started uh -huh. with. It's less. So you start with uranium or plutonium, and then you get these 253? two things. Those things weigh less than the original uranium weighed, and all of that is what gets turned into energy. Weighs less. But same number of subatomic particles, though, but it just weighs less. Same, I'm sorry, same, same number, number of baryons. Of baryons, yes. yes baryons uh, not, not quarks or, yeah. or, or lower. Right. No, the, the quarks change. Uh, the they quarks. can change okay. in that. Okay, but then there's a second part, and this is the whammy. This is why people don't like nuclear weapons or nuclear energy. Is the the next whammy is that when you split up two, when you split up a heavy atom and you go into two, you don't get to pick how many neutrons and how many protons are in each one. And if it, they tend to have too many neutrons because the original uranium has too many neutrons. Yes. And so those uranium, those two daughter, they're called daughter particles. Although I swear to God, I think somebody. I went to this conference where somebody and they say used, women are unrepresented. No, in no physics. this is yeah. what's crazy. Someone <laughs> corrected me, like a millennial corrected me, and used a gender-neutral term, nibbling or something. Like, these have always been called neutral particles. I mean, sorry, daughter daughter products. Someone is like they called it like uh, like products. offspring nuclei or something. I thought that was so That's funny. A that special that level be, PC. Yeah, where it's just like, no, we're not using that word anymore. It's offensive. Which I I don't even. Oh, get they're gonna that, love but. this podcast. <laughs> They will, My they transgender will. jokes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Jesus, the problem is, offensive. there's a lot of neutrons. <laughs> there's a lot of neutrons in uranium. Okay, there's uh -huh. too many, and once you split it in half, you have too many to be kept in those lighter nuclei. You can go to the, the periodic table and just look it up. You'll see that the mass gets bigger and bigger and as bigger, the atoms it takes more, compared. It, yeah, it's not linear. There's yeah, yes. they're not always paired. It's not always neutron proton. Like for hydrogen, for example, there's no neutrons. It's just a proton. But as uh -huh. you get to the heavy elements, they get more and more neutrons. Uh, so it's almost they, even, yeah. Yeah, and then they get to a point where they're no longer stable in the neutron. In, and that's why plutonium is fundamentally unstable. That's yes. why we don't, you can't dig in the ground and find plutonium. It has to be made. And that's why I fucking hate science. So many, that is my biggest pet peeve in sci fi movies. Like, we invented a new element. Like, that's like inventing a new number. Like, you can't, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. it's, a, it's a big number. Of like, no, we know where they all are, and there's no possible. Pockets of stability past whatever a hundred something something. But there might be. There might be. It's uh, not totally ruled. I know. Out, I know. <laughs> but like, it's so unlikely, and it would be such a groundbreaking like new thing if we found like, yeah, one hundred forty-four protons, It'd electrons. Cool. It's, it's it suddenly not, works. It's yeah. not necessarily impossible. Okay. Anyway, let me get to lots the point, of though. lots of lots of uh, lots of neutrons. Right. Yeah, lots so, of neutrons. So the initial explosion of a, of an atomic bomb or the initial heat given off by a fission uh, power plant is in this splitting of these two things. But once you do that, you have these two things that have too many damn neutrons left over, and mm. so they can they start switching via the weak force. Okay. They start switching to protons. And when they do that, they give off radiation. And that radiation, it's, it's gamma rays and uh, what are called beta rays, which just means an energetic electron. That is what contaminates That's what's called radioactive waste. Yes. It's not, I don't consider it waste, but... You know, when it's in your food, it's considered waste. <laughs> so that stuff is actually very useful. It's used in surgery for cancer treatment and things like that. Those things are useful. Make superheroes, yeah. yeah they're, they're radioactive products that, you know, you don't have to be, have the, the burning of a you – you don't actually have to have the reactor running. You can take one of these things and you can hold it in front of a Geiger counter. And you, you say you can measure counts and you're measuring how many times neutrons turn into protons. When that happens, oh, wow! And so, uh, in the case of Chernobyl and Fukushima, 
the vast majority of it is uh, cesium-137, I think. Pretty sure cesium-137. Is that uranium or plutonium well, that's broken down? Uh, well, either one. Will do. They, okay. they create different ratios and stuff uh-huh. like that, but they're pretty close to okay. each other. Because it's very random. That's the real problem. So it, it, it's, it's, a, it's roughly half and half, but it's not always half and half. So the daughter components can be a lot of different things, yes, but, but yeah. overall very in large yeah. numbers you and there see are a certain a lot portion. Of them. Yeah, and there, this is why it's a lot of times it's... The, the daughter components are radioactive, but they give off radioactive slowly over time. Yeah, and, and they and do it, it in different rates. So, okay. for example, the thing that's most dangerous if there's ever an atomic bomb or a reactor that goes off is iodine. Uh, 91, I think. Okay. <laughs> I think it's iodine. You 91. just lost 70 fans. Why? Because like, it's, it's 92, dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> Make say anything. All right. I'll, there's somebody in New Zealand who's not listening right. to this podcast <laughs> after today. Yeah. Sorry, I don't have it memorized. But uh, the cesium-137, that one I do know. But iodine, is, the problem with that one is it's really, it's short-lived. So, like, only right after Fukushima was that around. The second right. you turn off the reactor... You start a clock on how much iodine there is. And, but the problem is our bodies absorb it really well. So virtually all deaths from any radioactive exposure ever have come from uh, from iodine going to the thyroid and you get thyroid cancer. So this, that's is, why, this is an iodine uh, isotope with too much neutrons. Yeah. And the, the, too many neutrons and those neutrons turn into protons. And, and, men, and, and when, when that happens that. inside your body, it can cause cancer in your, your thyroid. Wow. This is really the only very serious way that radioactivity kills people. So this happened in uh, this happened in Chernobyl because uh, the Soviet Union didn't warn people to leave. They, they're they, dicks. <laughs> yeah. uh, and in particular, there was like an orphanage that wasn't even evacuated until two months later. Well, if you don't evacuate within the first day, you're done. You don't even bother because it's like a zombie bite. Yeah, exactly. And it, ah. you don't even know at the time it happens because cancer takes a long time to develop. Now, here's what's extra funny though. This is kind of hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> here's what's extra funny about Chernobyl orphanages. <laughs> here's where it gets weird. Uh, the way you, if you, let's say you do get um, thyroid cancer, mm-hmm. the way it's treated is by giving you that exact same ice stuff. <laughs> Why? It's kind of like snake venom. Because it's more likely that you'll kill the cancer than develop a second cancer. It's just that's the equation. Whoa. And so if so you're trying to do beta, beta or gamma, what was uh, it? B- both, but the ones that are damaging are beta in that case. So no. they've damaged DNA in a way that causes it to replicate out of control. Right. And, what and you're so trying the, to do is the best way to do it is kill that DNA. Right. <laughs> so it's like, uh, no, I'm going to be the dick here around town. <laughs> But it's a serious enough condition. That's the way you, you cure it. Is Guess it, what? Where do you get it from? You get it from reactors. If we don't get reactor, if we stop running reactors, let's say we get some sort of mass shutdown of all reactors, we won't have any iodine anymore, yeah. and we won't be able to treat people with that. That was that's what's fun about uh, heavy water wars is it's an ammonia plant that produces they they, they make ammonia, and the byproduct is heavy water. And they're oh, like, what okay, do we do cool. with this? And they're like, <laughs> we'll take it. And they're like, okay, how much? And they offer them all this money. Uh-huh. They're like, that's too much money what are they doing and that's when like people started like suspecting of like what are the Ger- why do the germans and then the british were trying to pay a bunch of money for it too like okay maybe we shouldn't sell this to them and that was how it all what's started. funny is that still happens not with heavy water because that's all figured out and everything yes yeah, my brother's but, like why do we need a coolant but yeah. there's all these uh you know there's a lot of physics like experiments that use a particular isotope a particular natural isotope so there's like tellurium as an example 
when you do an experiment with tellurium, you really only care about one third of the natural abundance. So tellurium price... actually helps you time travel if you go eighty mile, eighty eight miles per hour. <laughs> yep, <laughs> yeah. yep, okay. yep. I saw the Delorean <laughs> joke coming. Yeah, you're gonna say. So tellurium by itself is worth uh, its weight in platinum. I mean, it's that that's how valuable it is already. But then on top of that, there's this other isotope that's worth even more because you have to. You essentially throw away the other one. And so now the the thing that's always coming up whenever people talk about doing this, because there's there's not very much tellurium in the world, is uh, people are, can do something where they deplete it on purpose. So they can, if you're trying to buy tellurium and you don't care about the isotope, well, someone might just skim off the isotope and not tell you and hand you the depleted amount. Because uh, it's like <laughs> selling you, oh, it's like people in high school that would sell you, uh, instead of weed, what would they sell you? What was it? Uh, oregano. Oregano. <laughs> Same Except, thing. Yeah, imagine putting, imagine putting uh, marijuana in a, what's it called? Shaving uh, up the ice. A centrifuge <laughs> and getting all the THC out yeah, and then yeah, selling you the Shaving plant. the THC off, yeah, that's what's going so on. So this happens with germanium, this happens with xenon, this happens with uh, tellurium. Xenon and sounds like a, an old it was, show. It was Disney. It was a Xenon Girl of the 21st Century. Yeah. It was one of Disney's first original movies. They made two sequels. Oh, wow. It's also a gas. Zoom, zoom, zoom. It's in the atmosphere. It. It's, not, it's not noble, is it? It is noble. Oh. Yeah, very noble. Oh. No, and the, Vice went and explored an area in Kazakhstan where they did a bunch of uh, bomb testings. And still today, there's, I guess there's radioactive, I mean, you told me there's radioactive material on everything, on just this table. Yeah. But yeah. everywhere, and, and like they it's, have these- it is, it's It was made at the supernova that caused the creation of the Earth mm-hmm. and the sun. And that stuff has been, this is how we know how old the Earth is, is because it, it all comes back from when the all that stuff was made. And we can look at the ratios of uranium and we can see them decaying slowly over time because their half-life is on the order of billions of years. So that's why there's uranium around, but there isn't... You mean it's not by the rings and trees? So uranium Um. decays slowly (laughs) unless you put it all together in isotope form and then you have the domino effect. Yeah. Okay. 253 is the valuable isotope? Of which one? Uranium? Uh, No, 230... Well, they're both valuable for different reasons. Which (laughs) is... What's the natural occurring and what's the one Uh, that's explosive? Eight is the the natural one, uh-huh. the most natural. Well, the other, they're both natural. The other one is just a few. It's like a few percent, like one to three, and that's okay. You said two thirty five. Two thirty five is two thirty eight and two thirty five. Yeah, so two thirty five is the unstable one. Yeah. Well, they're both unstable, just at different rates. Okay. <laughs> I mean, isn't everyone unstable a little yeah. bit? Yeah. Um, Great response. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, there you go, good. partner. Mm-hmm. There's Fun also thorium. Here. This one doesn't get as much attention, but thorium is everywhere. There's thorium in concrete, in, in you, in uh, metal. Hmm. You can't mine metal without mining uranium and thorium. Yeah. yeah. In fact, oh, this is kind of a fun fact. and I think we got to wrap it up. Okay. Uh, so there's always some people, you know, want coal instead of radio, uh, instead of, um, nuclear plants. When you mine coal, there's uranium in the coal, mm-hmm. and when you burn the coal, the uranium doesn't really go anywhere. It just turns into the ash, and you get a thing called an ash pit. Um, you get another party of <laughs> the, the amount of uranium that's <laughs> gave up mid callback. <laughs> Sorry, uranium ash pit. Ash pit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uranium. <laughs> 
We need to make like a poster of all the bands that are going to perform. <laughs> dude, dude, I used to watch Uranium Mash Pit before they blew up. Man. I went to all of their shows. <laughs> they're so the cool. Neutrino dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah. So these ash pits leave over more uranium than you need to just run uranium to get the same amount of energy that you got out of the coal. Repeat that. <laughs> they, so when you burn, like coal is so low in energy content compared to uranium mm-hmm. that if you were to take the uranium out of coal and turn it into a nuclear power plant, you'd produce more energy than the entire amount of coal. Would a lot of people argue wow. this? Even even putting that, yeah. that okay. So, so yeah. if you had just taken that uranium out and run it in a reactor, you would have gotten more energy and you're left over with it in a radioactive pile at the end. <laughs> because Are there that people that would burn. argue this and say you're wrong? No. No. Oh, no. yes, of course there are. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, Trump would be all over that. I was going to say Trump <laughs> supporters, yeah. Yeah. Well, where's the science? I don't know. Uh, wait, so you take that uranium. You have to put it through a centrifuge, right, to get the enriched. To enrich it, yeah. yeah. But, but I mean, even even after enriching it, taking by out itself, the 1%. it's radioactive. I mean, it's naturally radioactive. Wow. So coal, you it's don't like just, coal? I like coal fine. It just... Uh, it's just not cost effective. Do you moment. like nuclear power? And this power? is one of the... Oh, my God, yes. Yeah. 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 He's all about I, it. I can't stop talking about it's it. It's unreal. I, it's unreal how, how I just, unbelievable I just talked about clean, this on Facebook today. Safest, I mean, but I feel like not the most... Uh, I said this on, on Facebook today. This has been bothering me for a while. There's this idea... So it's a, it's a lot from the left side. There's everyone saying, oh, like, you know, conservatives don't believe in science because they doubt global warming. Mm-hmm. Well, what's frustrating to me about that is... The left doesn't believe the scientists who say that nuclear is safe and is the cleanest way to end global warming. Oh, yeah. So to me, that drives me nuts. I see. Because it's both both science denials, just who you pick to... Pissing in the wind. I agree. Extremes on both sides. And I see that in California. I've lived in the South my whole life. I am a liberal person. Uh, my, My family is scientists. And I was so excited to move here because I thought it would be so progressive. Yet people... We, uh, people, they don't have religion here. They have astrology, which shits on knowledge and facts as much right, as Christianity right, yeah. does, if not much more. Because right. astrology takes uh, scientific principles and corrupts them uh-huh. in such a disgusting way and then presents them as facts. Yeah, and Californians is a great it's, place where nutrition. this happens. This, a lot they of do it a lot with nutrition. Yeah, and, uh, a lot of hypocrisy. On both sides. We do it with energy policy in California, too. We, haven't built, we have a moratorium on building any new nuclear power plant. And uh, we many times this is, but we also don't build coal plants and stuff like that for to keep the air clean, which in LA is so important. Like mm-hmm. a coal wouldn't just be a CO two problem in LA; it'd be a disaster if we had burned any coal in this area. We have to burn natural gas, which is the only fossil fuel we use other than gasoline for cars in Southern California. Because mm-hmm. I, when I grew up, I mean, it was the smog was terrible. So that's a separate issue from even the greenhouse gas part. He's but, referring to the band yeah. smog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was at the neutrino dance floor, man. That's going to be a stout lineup this week. Neutrino weekend. noise floor. No, yeah, neutrino noise floor. That's DJ right. Smog is greater you than one. You call yourself a fan. <laughs> How many songs do you know? I'm a huge. I bet you don't even listen to the new stuff. I'm a huge fan of. I'm a huge fan of Polluted uh, Pete. That's my favorite song. They just their single they just released. So we won't uh, we won't build nu- nuclear power plants in California. We don't build fossil fuels ones. It's we have a really good pro solar thing, but 
solar is not an instantaneous solution. And, and, and I the way it's created from batteries. And I got to tell you, I mean, I'm so pro-solar. So mm. I don't want anyone to say, oh, I want nuke pro over solar. solar. That's not it. It's just at the <laughs> moment. If, if <laughs> pro-solar. No, we're not doing it. Uh, <laughs> oh, we are. We're naming off every band in Echo Park today. Pro-solar. Oh, man. Huh. <laughs> You're pro solar. I worked on solar. I've helped start solar companies. I love working on it, but I also, you just got to be realistic. It costs a lot more to start up solar. And that will be a great way to power the planet in the future because there's a lot of solar everywhere and we keep getting better at doing it. But right now we have a blueprint for how to build a very safe, cheap power plant. And we just need the political will on both sides to say, hey, Look how we win when we just when we like both sides win when you do this. Yeah, you, you end the the climate debate. You end the um, you know uh, relying Lesson. on fossil fuels yeah. from other countries. And it'd be debate. so easy to get people to work and there. Be so like, easy. man, free vasectomy just yeah. by hanging out around. <laughs> L- listen, global warming has been disproved because Senator Jim Emhoff from Oklahoma during winter Threw took a, a snowball, snowball into Congress and said, "How is this here?" Uh-huh. So point proven. You. Yeah. You're all wrong. Jim Enhoff yeah. showed everyone, right. and it has nothing to do with that he takes millions of dollars from oil men. Nothing. I'm to do actually with that. A, a huge fan of Congress Snowball. Are you? Congressman <laughs> That's Snowball. That's one of my favorite bands too. <laughs> Congress Snowball or Congressman Snowball? Congress Snowball. Congress, yeah. <laughs> Congressman Snowball. A one's much Snowball. better than the other. Yeah. It's like the Verve and the Verve pipe. <laughs> <laughs> both, both good. Both good. Yeah. yeah. Well, you had. Uh, great. They you, both showed up at the same party. Is like, wait, which one's first? Bittersweet Symphony was <laughs> a great song. Verve pipe. Yes, that was their only song. You know, they never made any money off of it because they stole it from the Rolling Stones. Oh God. Yeah. And then the Verve is, what, for the life of me, I cannot remember what made us think that we were blind and we never was the freshman. Uh, oh, that was a good song. That was a good song. I listened to my '90s uh, playlist on Spotify. <laughs> So I'm going to go home and All right, I want to go to was... Echo Park only. <laughs> <laughs> this is really fun. Uh, can you, do you want to plug stuff? I mean, we plugged your special and stuff. Do you want any shows that you want people to go to? <sighs> nah. Anywhere? Uh, or do you go on tour now or do you I just do. sit on piles of money and fame? <laughs> and, <laughs> no, so. I got to be on the road. I just uh, <laughs> to be on the road to make money. Um, go, uh, go to mondayponday.com. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're a listener of this podcast, I'm really sure you'll enjoy that. Yeah, um, it's super cool. Every uh, Monday. Start with mondayponday.com slash 53. And you can look at that one, and you'll get how they work their pun puzzles, uh, solve them all. I think you can even so, follow it on Facebook, and you'll get Facebook, it automatically yeah. popped. Cheers on your Monday. Yeah, that's a great way to start a week. Thank you. That's yeah. That's all I got to plug. Uh, Griff obviously has nothing to plug, so we'll move uh, on. <laughs> fuck yourself. Um, I'm starting a new band called Mongoose Cobra, and we're gonna be over there. I just literally read our sound guy's shirt, but it works somehow. Producer Ryan's wearing a shirt, Mongoose Cobra. <laughs> What's well, his yeah, verses? That's yeah. pretty dope. Um, uh, let's see. Wow, this is uh, pretty far in advance. Uh, if you January 16th, I'm gonna promote this every podcast. I'm headlining at the Madhouse Comedy Club in San Diego. If you listen awesome. down there, it's weird oh. that I, I haven't been booked on that show yet huh That's well really you actually strange. need an act but we'll talk about that <laughs> on another podcast that's the only thing you're missing um that and social skills but that's not important um also um the last friday of uh january is sideline comedy show it's my birthday show at the clubhouse so find me on facebook at grip pippin twitter at grip pippin instagram at grip pippin and don't snap at me because i probably won't open it mm-hmm. so 
And his password is password. So if you, <laughs> if you want any of those accounts, you want to, you How like that. How many grandparents out there have that probably? I think, I think like the half the government has that problem is what I'm learning. Like, yeah. Like everyone at the DNC's password was like Hillary 2006, I think is wow. probably, I'm, I'm joking. Like I'm just saying. 30,000 employees that had that problem. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you like the math on that? Uh, I'm going to have a show either on the 17th or 19th. I just haven't booked it yet, but I definitely am going to have one somewhere. <laughs> Probably the comedy store. That's a oh, great one. One thing to promote. Uh, Houston 17th. Uh, in, uh, I'm sorry. In Houston, like it's a month. Um, November 17th through 19th, I'm at Houston at the Come and Take It Comedy Festival. It's going to oh, be sweet. really fun. Nice. Sweet. Come out to that. Yeah. All I right. thought you were from and, uh, Houston. Mine will be in L.A. Those same You said you were from so. Atlanta earlier. Oh, sorry. I went to college in Houston and started comedy there. Okay, but you were raised or born in Atlanta, like they, in Georgia. mostly. Yeah. So you brought you introduced them to jokes. Yeah, you brought, I, so you brought you started. I, I was the first person in Houston well, to wear joke. tight pants. <laughs> the first. That's awesome. All right, follow me at KP Hickerson. What's your Twitter handle again? Monday Monday. Monday Monday. Thank you for being on the show, Matthew Broussard. Thank you so much. Fun time. Whee! Surely he's joking. We finally got our first sponsor, guys. Yeah. That's right. We're going to be rich. <laughs> and what's better than it being one of our guests? Someone we know and like. Dr. Anthony Roy. He brought these bras in last time he was here. It's these gecko technology. Yeah, the secret is this patented lining called Gectech. It's this uh, laboratory-tested silicone that makes intimate contact with even sensitive skin and uh, we got to play with them, throw them on the window. Remember, it was like a crazy toy we played. It was like Ninja Star. Yep. Dude, and Kate Quigley <laughs> tried on the bra. Uh -huh. And she loved it. And she loved it. I would say it's the most high-tech bra out I there. I want one. Where where do I buy it? You can get it at kellykayapparel.com. That's K-E-L-L-I-E-K-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. And uh, with our podcast, we're going to have a promo code for you guys. That's right. It's S-Y-J. Use that for 25% off at checkout. That's 25% that not only gets you a discount on the bra, it also helps support this podcast, which we badly need. So yeah. you got it, especially our fans out there, go for it. So once again, that's Kelly K, K E L L I E K, apparel.com. Kelly K, apparel.com. Punch in a promo code SYJ for 25% off. That's right. Kelly K, apparel, apparel engineered for women. And Griff. <laughs>